We know it was you. We know you are the one. We know it. You stole Terry's scooter. We'll get into that as well as the Hall of Fame, some prospect talk, and much more on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Guardians. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And I am one of your co-hosts, Jeff Ellis. I have never ridden a moped or a scooter of any kind. I'm Justin. I never have as well. I have a uh, friend named Scooter but I'd never ridden a scooter. So um, that takes me out of the, the questioning here. They're going to, someone's going to, or Tito's going to pick a scooter up tomorrow. Somebody found it. I don't know who would have taken it, but it's awful close to, to truck day. I think to send the trucks to Arizona, that usually gets packed up in the truck. So maybe, uh, maybe somebody wanted a joyride or somebody was, maybe they were trying to get a clean form. You know, maybe they took it out for like a, a service detail. Yeah, it you know was it an inside job? Was there someone in there who 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 feels like they got slighted last year? You know, you know what you know what it is. Somebody got war, uh, changed the license plate to handsome manager, or they got custom painted detail on there for uh, world's most handsome manager. Yeah, it's probably gonna be something funny like that. That's going to I, this is going to be a silly story that. Uh, Unfortunately, I think is uh, here to stay. Uh, I it's not one I got too into, but uh, it was one that the media reported on heavily, more so <laughs> than I think the signing of Mike Zanino or of uh, of Josh Bell. Oh, that you know we were discussing before the show. Uh, maybe we'll save it for tomorrow. I was going to mention the Fangraphs piece on exit velocity. Speaking of Mike Zanino, oh you know, yes, I was should... going to mention the same thing. So we'll just might as well say it. Uh, well, why don't we save that? We'll, we'll tease it and we'll get to that in segment two or three, because we're kind of packed in segment one here. Uh, let's lead off with kind of the next, the next biggest information that could affect this team after the loss of a scooter could be potentially the loss of one of the, you know, uh, most respected individuals in the organization. Someone a year ago, if you listen to this podcast, I was more concerned about losing than I was about, um, who they eventually Carter Hawkins, right? That's who they eventually lost to the Mm -hmm. Cubs. Uh, I was more concerned about losing James Harris. James Harris is interviewed for the Rays position, we found out today. So, uh, Astros. You know, Astros. I said, Ray, yeah, the Rays don't have an opening. The Astros, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I really like James Harris, on top of being like a sports science guy and you know someone who's worked a lot of positions, is he was an outside person. He brought in some new thoughts and ideas. And I think that's important for an organization like Cleveland. You do not want to become a... Uh, is it a wind tunnel, right? Where it's just the same thing over and over again. Isn't that the expression? Uh, but echo yeah. chamber, echo chamber. Uh, I I wish James Harris well in all of his pursuits. I just really hope those pursuits don't take him out of Cleveland anytime soon. I would agree. I I was lucky enough to have a couple of conversations with him the last couple of years um, before he got promoted to assistant GM. Always very generous with his time and. Uh, and I always gave very thoughtful answers. You could ask him uh, a one or two word question and he'd give you 
you know, five or six uh, long-winded sentences back on, on players, philosophies, concepts, training, all those sorts of things. But yeah, I agree that he brought a lot of uh, outside thinking and, and new ways to look at things. I was super excited when they hired him. I remember I wrote about this back on Indians Baseball Insider back when it was on 24-7 Sports. It was one of my like first couple pieces I wrote. And I think I did like 5,000 words on them hiring him as their player development director because I was like, this is a totally new concept to me. He was like a coach or some sort of nutritionist role at, uh, not nutritionist, he has a background in nutrition, but he was doing something with the University of Oregon and the football team. And it had to do with, like you said, sports science and uh, yeah, all these like different body concepts. mechanics and things like, you know, what we've seen them kind of run to the forefront of in their development. Yeah, it wasn't like, before him, you know, they had like Ross Atkins and some other guys that were in that role. And he was just a totally new kind of outside the box uh, hire from his background. And I, I thought that was really interesting at the time. And I think it's done great things for them because I think it's helped him look at development in a different way. And they've always had to be out of the box thinkers. And uh, I definitely applaud the Astros for, for interviewing him. He interviewed for the Cubs job last year before, uh, Derek Falvey got it. Not Derek Falvey. Uh, Mike, uh, Carter Hawkins. Carter Hawkins got that. Derek Falvey's in Minnesota. Yeah, before Carter Hawkins got it, James Harris also gives up that position. So he hasn't gotten the Astros position yet. There's He's one of the three finalists I saw. I don't know who else is on the list, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he got it. And Brad Osmus. The Astros. Brad Osmus is one. Boy. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry, James. They're going to hire Brad Osmus. I bet. It, that seems like a uh, Jim Crane thing to do, right? Yeah. It just seems like the way he'd go like, in that direction. But I hope he gets it because he deserves it. And yeah. honestly, it would be a great hire. I think that a team like the Astros that have really been, I want to say cutting edge. I don't know how to work. I don't know how to work trash cans and cutting edge into the same joke. So I'm just going to throw that out there, but uh, they have been cutting edge outside of their use of trash cans uh, in a lot of ways. And I think he'd be a unique fit for them in that in that player development group. So, and anywhere he gets hired, they'll be lucky to have him. I think you're right. That would be a significant loss for Cleveland, but it's one they can't avoid. I mean, Chris Anthony is not going anywhere anytime soon. I have no idea about Mike unless Mike Chernoff wants to get promoted to president of baseball ops, like you know, Derek Falvey did or Anthony's role somewhere else. He's not going anywhere, so they have no room to continue to promote these guys. So, at some point, if it's not the Astros' job, it'll be somebody for. For James Harris, but you know, I do wish it well. I just want to, for those who aren't familiar, I'm going to quickly read the resume. So uh, he graduated from college, the area graduated from high school. It looks like he was an athletic department student worker at Nebraska, a football strength coach at Arizona State, a performance specialist, and he was a coordinator of sports nutrition for five years nutrition, at yes. Nebraska. Four years as a consultant with the, the 49ers. He left that to become the assistant athletic and then the associate athletic director at University of Oregon, where he was for five years. Left that to become chief of staff for the Philadelphia Eagles for three years. That's right. Then he went to the Pirates for one year, ex almost exactly, a special assistant to baseball operations. And then he's been uh, with Cleveland for the last six. He came over in December of 2016. And listen, I know we're not supposed to focus on we're supposed to, A, he's a great candidate, and you can see it's a diverse background of really good things. But, like, I think it's also a slam dunk because hiring a person of color is a great thing to do, and it's something that also makes an organization look better than constantly hiring white dudes. And you can get mad or at me. Be, 
Yeah, you know, there's going to be yes. people in the comments who get mad at me, but like, if if you were looking full picture, a it doesn't matter color of his skin; he's a great candidate. But it's also going to win you headlines. It's it's true. It it's it's one of those things. If you're looking at everything it, he brings, that's should be viewed as is another positive. Maybe I'm not supposed to state it that bluntly, but sports is a matter of winning headlines. It's again. He, he could be purple. He's a fantastic candidate. But I think being a person of color should be something that we don't have a lot of those in the GM ranks. I think I think the, the really thing you look at that for me is, is you look at the percentage of who's playing baseball and um, what, what the diversity of baseball is these days. It's very underrepresented by that community. And it's very it's it's a little more diverse in the Latin background now. But you have way less, uh, way less Latin and black representatives in those positions across baseball. I mean, I think Dusty Baker is the only black manager um, right now in, in baseball. Is that right? Dave Roberts. Okay, Dave Roberts is there, and I know there's there's various sprinkled out the front office. That there's very there's very it's the the Latin community is very underrepresented and. and I would say probably front offices as well, yeah. maybe more so in coaching staffs. But <clears throat> I think you want to find candidates that can relate to your players. <clears throat> and I think James Harris is going to do that. Um, but it's also, I mean, <clears throat> with baseball, really, you know, they, they've tried to put an emphasis on reaching out to the black community and, and younger generations too to get them interested in baseball and, uh, you know, try to, Make, make baseball more accessible, which is, you know, really a really hard job because let's be honest, baseball is the cost to play baseball as a youth is, is, is a big barrier to it right now. And um, it's just not in a lot of areas where it, it's accessible. Unfortunately, you could do worse than James Harris as, as somebody you could point to as, as an example to look at. And <clears throat> I'm sorry, representation matters. You want to get kids to look at something they could be and, and, be and aspire to James Harris would be a great candidate in that not not only because he is a uh, has been successful in his baseball roles but also because he seems to be a good person as well. I mean, yeah. Cleveland has been pretty good about who they who they bring in. I know they've had you know some hiccups here and there with uh, personalities, which we'll we'll get into. But uh, you know, James Harris seems like a good representative of all that. So, um, and representation matters. That's all I'll say. Yeah. No, and like I said, at the end of the day, it's just uh, there's a reason he gives. There's no Rooney rule in baseball, okay? So you can't sit there and say it's because of that. Like he is getting job, he's getting these shots because he's a really good candidate. So I'm just saying, like no matter how you view it, um, I wish him well if he leaves. I don't want him to leave because he's fantastic. But uh, there's a reason he keeps getting looked at, and eventually, if not this year. Probably at some point next year, we'll see James Harris, James Harris leaving Cleveland. Uh, he's I, everything, and you can, like I said, reading that resume, you can see the path that got him here in terms of just being a well-rounded individual, football, baseball, everything. He found ways to help help athletes get better. Uh, we're gonna take our well, we're gonna come back. We still haven't even talked about the shortstop rankings over on MLB. We have, we do have to discuss Clevenger. Uh, we have a trade. Not involving the Guardians, but involving a shortstop to Boston. And we got that Fangraphs piece we already teased. So make sure you tune in for that. But today we have to take it, talk about our new friends over at 
FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if, you've, if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting fun and easy. New customers just join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to the point spread to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same with a same game parlay. Uh, I talked about on yesterday's show. I like the Bengals, uh, even though they're giving a point and a half this weekend. That's, that's my standout. You have any standouts or are you just sticking with that one? I'm just going to ride with Joe Burrow. Whatever Whatever's out there on prop bets for Joe Burrow, I'm going to take a look into because uh... – I think Joe Burrow is undefeated against Patrick Mahomes right now, and Patrick Mahomes has uh, got his little hollow by his ankle. So I'm sticking with uh, Joe Burrow. I should have learned long ago not to bet against him. He's a he's a Buckeye. Okay, I know everyone's going to say he went to LSU, but he's a Buckeye. I'm sticking with him. Yeah, you know, three and zero, I believe in that one. FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads and player props. Uh, plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Uh, oh, I think I read that again. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet on any and get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So let's talk shortstops, uh, mostly because we had that lined up with something we're going to do in the first one. If We've been going through this MLB list, and the thing you have to say about this MLB list is there is certainly recency bias popping up. Um, it's weird. I will say this, every single one of their top 10 shortstops are going to be among the top 40 prospects in baseball. Uh, they mentioned that at the stop, tar, start of this. And, you know, uh, they talk about Cincinnati had a third guy who didn't miss by much. You know, Colson Montgomery, who, again, he's going to get too thick to stick a shortstop with the White Sox. Royce Lewis, Mason Wynn aren't fall behind. No one, uh, nowhere does Rokio get any mention. Again, it's a little bit weird. Um, I feel like Rokio's problem is he has no sizzle. He's just solid, no sizzle. And this list is a lot of sizzle. Um, it also has, like, people love Marco Luciano. The guy's been unable to stay healthy for two straight years. He's 21 already, which, I mean, we see a lot of Cleveland's 21-year-olds getting significant time in double A. He's only been in high A. Uh, Brooks Lee isn't going to play shortstop. Like, so it's like, I don't understand why they're having guys listed at positions that they themselves have said, these players are not going to play. They're keeping them listed at like college positions. Um, you know, Ezekiel Tovar was great last year and he is a fantastic defender, but he's had one really good year and that was in kind of limited games in a very hitter friendly environment. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird list. Are we sure that Ellie De La Cruz is going to stay at short? Like, he's also pretty big, too. Like, he's not thick, but he's tall, right? Ellie De La Cruz is not a small dude. No. Are we sure he necessarily – I know he's a five. Yeah, I know he's a, a good defender from what, I, what I've seen. I, I haven't seen him in person because I missed him by a day because he got uh, sent to the <clears throat> Futures game when, when uh, Dayton was coming into town for uh, a matchup with Cle- uh, Lake County. But I mean, he yeah, he's six five two hundred. Not a lot of there's not a lot of six five shortstops like Corey Seager at six four. People thought was going to be crazy, and he has stuck. But so maybe he can. But like you said, Jackson Merrill's on there. He had a great year last year. 
Zika Tovar is, is young and he was in double A last year. A lot of people think he's going to start in the majors this year only because the Rockies don't. He got have to the majors. Anybody last good? Year. Oh, he did. Okay. So they're yeah. terrible. So he needs to be there. I, I'm, I'm not going to pass judgment on Brooks Lee yet. I saw him for one game last season with Cedar Rapids and I came away unimpressed in that one game, but it was one game. So I'm not going to go off of that much. But yeah, if you look at this list, like go back to the left handed pitching starters on the list, Logan Allen was left off, right? Mm hmm. The year prior, Logan Allen was on that list. He had, you know, like four or five bumpy starts in AAA, and they were like, all right, we're, we're done with him. Uh, second base, no Angel Martinez, like we said. Obviously, they had two. They could have had three on the, the right-handed pitching list. Third base, there was really no argument for anybody. Uh, first base, you could have argued for Noel, but they are counting as first baseman, which is hilarious because I, I really have a hard time seeing him as a future outfielder. But I don't know. Like like I said, Brooks Lee, I'm not so sure about. Jackson Holiday, obviously, big name, big draft pick. Played like a handful of games last season. I understand ranking him. It's just, you know, Jordan Lawler's good. I know. I understand Volpe. I don't know. And I Lawler's think right. had injury think, as well. Like, we haven't gotten to see him. The shoulder part. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah you're right. I think I think there's really no flash to Rokio's game. I mean, he's called Professor. That's his nickname, the Professor. He's not called Mr. Electric or... You know, whatever you want to call him, he is—he is not electric. He is a smooth criminal. I don't know what that. Maybe that's his nickname. He's—he's he's, uh, Mister Smooth instead of Doctor Smooth, like Michael Brantley. He's Mister Smooth or Mister Professor. Something that's—that sounds incredibly boring, but he's incredibly solid. I mean, he'll probably hit for a decent average. He'll have you know decent you know teen home run pop. He'll maybe steal teen to ten, twenty or snags. He'll play good defense. Like, yeah, it's maybe it's not an all-star profile. Like I said, I, I have I have concerns about Rocchio being close to a Rosario where early on in his, his, his life as a prospect, he was really hyped high and then didn't quite deliver. And I think that might be the case for Rocchio, but he also had a down year. If you tell me if Rocchio put up better stats, he wouldn't be on here. I guess that's probably obvious. I don't know if that's the right word. I mean, is, is it obvious? Yeah, I guess you play well, you get ranked high, but there's just so much recency bias on here. I feel like they, I don't know. Are we already getting prospect burnout on guys like Valera and, and Rocchio and, and some other guys like Nolan Jones? I feel like that happened too as well. These guys have been mentioned on prospect lists for three or four years because they've been in the Cleveland system for a while because, you know, we, because of the pandemic year, we didn't get to see a lot of them play because they all came in through, you know, high, they were highly thought of. You know, Nolan Jones was a high draft pick. George Valeri got a lot of money. Brian Rocchio was a highly touted international signing. Like, I feel like these guys have been mentioned across prospect lists and people who like to talk about prospects for, you know, the last, what, half decade now. It's, it's already unbelievable to say that, but it, it's kind of true. So, like, are we getting to the point where it's fatigue on them? Because I look at this list and I'm like, okay, well, Volpe's been around for a few years. Meyer is relatively new. De La Cruz is new. Lawler's new. Holiday's new. Merrill was a pop-up guy last year. Luciano, I feel like, has had a couple of years. We've been talking about him. Lee is new. Marte is a pop-up guy. Tovar is a pop-up guy. Like, it's all new newbies. There's no, there's no, I guess if they, I don't know, the good ones graduated already. Has he been in the minors too long? Is that, is that a knock against him? I mean, I think it's just, like I said, I think it's lack of sizzle. You look at this entire list, there's some degree of sizzle uh Rokio might be like 50s or 55s across the board and i think it kind of that's i think that's what we're kind of looking at with this is just that he is kind of 
you know, there's no sizzle to him. There's no like recency reason. He's kind of a little bit, I don't want to say a forgotten man, but I think also just with Cleveland's never ending shortstops, maybe there's a feeling like he's not going to get an opportunity anytime soon. It's fatigue. Yeah. It's fatigue. And I also think like sometimes they want to make these lists so they look smarter down the road. And I think there's always concern like, will Rokio get an opportunity? Is he buried? Uh, just for fun, uh, something we didn't talk about beforehand, but to throw in here before we go to our break, you know, we, it's fun to talk prospects. You and I, it's our background. Uh, I just want to throw out before we get too much the top 10 prospect list in 2018. So five years ago, MLB reposted this. Uh, it shows you how much you can get right and wrong. So uh, Otani, uh, Aquino, Guerrero, Eloy, Glyber Torres. Where eh. now, now here's where it starts to get Victor Robles. Nick Senzel, Fernando Tatis, Forrest Whitley, Michael Kopech. So for as much as we get into all of these, those are the best of the best. And five years later, yeah. So just always kind of, I guess, the caution with all of it. And then, you know, again, the Guardians, best players were never top 100 prospects. Um, Ramirez, Bieber, Classe, Quan. None of them were top. Your highest rate of prospects on this team are uh, Med Rosario and Andres Jimenez. That's then they weren't even in their own system. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we'll take a break here and then we will come back. We'll get into some old friends alerts, the Mike Clevenger situation, the trade with Boston and uh, the Z- promised Zanino uh, piece from today on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. And we are going to talk. Let's start. Quick old friend alerts. Uh, uh, Jesus Aguilar going to Oakland. To me, this is a terrible deal because I don't understand how he got $3 million. Uh, He was really bad last year. Felt like a classic in his 30s non-roster invitee. This feels like a way for Oakland to bump their payroll to me. That's I'm being completely like a way to be like, hey, our payroll is not that low. Uh, So, uh, you know, it's an old friend alert. Had to mention it. Um, Mike Clevenger. What I tweeted out earlier was I'll just I'm going to I'm going to go with this, uh, that there have been varying things out there about Clev over the years. I even alluded to some when he signed, saying that there's nothing close to what was reported today. And if a fraction of it's true, he should be done with baseball forever. That is my stance. That's what I tweeted. Listen, there's been a lot of things that are really easy to find over the years where he has been a jerk. And they're not hard to track down, not hard to find. Um, The one concerning thing in all of them has been uh, treatment of children. And to me, that's the thing that makes me get my dander up. So uh, we'll see what happens. Apparently, this was reported over the summer. Major League Baseball kind of dragged their feet on it. And um, this is, I believe, a girlfriend. This is not the former wife who he had um, his first kids with. So this is outside of the previous situations that have been reported in the past. This is a brand new one. I I don't know what the White Sox are going to do. Uh, I don't know what Major League Baseball is going to do, but he's got to get, he's going to get suspended very soon while this gets investigated after everything else that has occurred with people. Uh, I would be surprised if Mike Clevenger takes the mound for the White Sox this year. The White Sox, um, you know, the, the, the woman said that she thought there's a chance the White Sox didn't know, but it seems very hard with everything teams and organizations know that uh, that they wouldn't have had some idea. So 
Um, I'll bite the bullet on that. I'll take the stance and say he shouldn't play based on what's out there until this gets fully investigated. And, and I know there'll again be people because there are people who are mad at me for my Bauer takes. But um, if that is how these things are handled, then this is, I mean, that it's, it's again, it involves her, some of her comments involve children. So I think this might be even worse. Yeah. The Bauer thing didn't include children. So this does make it obstinably worse. This is not, anything you want to see anybody accused of, because you would hope nobody would do this, but <clears throat> I don't think any legal action, I shouldn't say any, any, yeah, any legal action wasn't taken against him with his, uh, his previous commitment with his, I don't know if it was, his, it was, a, was it a wife? Was it a, might've just been a girlfriend. Sure they, might've spoken. Yeah. Uh, and either way, his previous partner who he had kids with, I don't know if any legal action was taken. This looks like it's going to have, legal action. I mean, he's being, he's being investigated by major league baseball. I don't know what's going on outside of that, but yeah, the Bauer precedent set would say that um, at least while it's being investigated, he probably will not be playing. We'll see how long that investigation takes, but the allegations are, are pretty awful. And, you know, I, you would, you would hope they're not true. Like that's the hope you'd hope that nobody would, would do this kind of stuff in general to be accused of it, but he is accused of it. He's being investigated and, it's awful, and unfortunately, it, it it looks like a pattern of behavior if you base it off of previous uh, information that has been out there. And it's just really unfortunate. You feel for everybody involved if uh, any of this is true. Yeah, you shouldn't spit chewing tobacco at infants. I'll just put that out there if you you know want to read <clears throat> to just give you an idea of what's in some of it. Um, yeah, it's on the athletic. You can find it on the athletic, and I think ESPN picked up on it as well. So it's it's out there. You can, yeah, the ugly details are out there. It's it's not it. Yeah, well, we're moving on. Um, as hopefully baseball is with Clevenger, if any of this proves true. Uh, so let's talk about something fun now. Uh, so <laughs> today, Ben Clemens, who's a, a good writer over at Fangraphs, had some breakout candidates cur- courtesy of exit velocity percentiles. And the 95th percentile, so the, you know, the highest end uh, percentile exit velocity leaders, uh, there is one Cleveland Guardian listed. And I, well, I guess this is a good list, by the way. Yeah, this is a we, good list. So it's like Giancarlo Stanton, uh, O'Neill Cruz, Aaron Judge, Vladdy Guerrero, Jorge Soler. Okay. But Kyle Schwarber, Jordan Alvarez, Pete Alonso, Gary Sanchez. Okay. Mike Trout, Julio Rodriguez, <laughs> They're all Harris, okay? Austin Riley, Jock Peterson, and then Mike Zanino. Like that's, that's a still, that's good company to be amongst. Uh, yeah. Even him. he prefaced the, he prefaced those leaders too, by saying he wasn't, you know, Mike Zanino only had 70 batted balls last year because of his injury. So he wasn't going to include them, but he really wanted to. And um, so basically what that is, he's going off of raw, raw power. These are guys who hit the ball hard. They don't necessarily do a lot with hard hit balls because I mean, some of them do obviously, you know, Stanton and Cruz and judge and Vlad are on this list and Schwarber and Jordan. Not all of these guys are, you know, we talked about Sanchez and Jorge Solera at issues. There are other guys that lower on the list. Cause did you see who, if you look, if you scroll down, just, do you see who was on the next list? Yeah. The breakout candidates list. That's the other, I mean, I'm more intrigued by this. Um, so on his breakout <laughs> candidates, it's, you know, the, their 95th percentile exit velocity. So, like, you know, what they're, they're close to their high end versus their averages. Like, the biggest difference is, and he put together, like, here are a list of guys who, you know, have a potential to break out. Like, Michael Harris 
after the great year he had is on there. Jose Siri. That's one of the reasons Tampa went out to get him. If you want to buy low on Joey Bartz, if you're a believer in Shane Langoliers, if you want to buy low on Joe Adele, uh, you know, Jorge Alfaro, or if you think Nolan Jones is going to have a huge year for the Rockies, especially when you consider the shift in environments. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm, I'm a Nolan Jones bandwagoner till, till he proves me wrong. But, you know, I, I've said I see a lot of Russell Brandian with him, and we'll see what happens. Colorado is the perfect place for him to fulfill that destiny on the field. On the field, not the what happened afterwards. Yeah, I, uh, I, I still have questions for Nolan Jones about about the the passivity in his approach. That's the problem, and he does have a, a pretty big gap between average exit velocity and ninety fifth percentile. But obviously, that proves the raw power is there. And this is a list that's filled with guys who haven't made it yet. I mean, O'Neill Cruz obviously is a freak of nature. Jorge Alfaro has been given chances and never done anything with him. Shay Langoliers is getting a chance finally now that. Sean Murphy's gone. Joey Bart has been unimpressive. And Joe Adele has never done anything with his chances. Jose Siri's been around for a minute. He's really glove first. I don't even know. not even sure if I know who Dermis Garcia is. I, I think I should admit that, but I'm not really 100% sure yeah, I don't who either. he is. Um, he's on the Oakland Athletics, in case you're curious. Um, but a lot of those guys, like, really highly thought of. A lot of those were the breakout candidates, like, you know, in that one. Zanino's in there with the, like, proven guys. Right, because he because he, he gets to his raw power. Yeah. He when he hits he the is, ball, it hits it hard. Like his ninety fifth percentile exit velocity is higher than all of the breakout guys outside of O'Neill Cruz. Like it is higher wow. than Arfaro. It is higher than Harris. So it is a uh, you know it, it, it's a nice thing to see. It's just another thing that points to like this is a guy who just destroyed left handed pitching when healthy. Which what does this team need? Someone who can destroy left handed pitching. Um, cause the problem was Austin Hedges got destroyed by all pitching. And even if, if Zanino struggles against righties, it, it, he's buoyed by what he does against lefties and, and he'll he, he's a placeholder. Yeah. With him. yeah. He's a placeholder. And then you might have a great platoon potential there. Um, before we go to the after show, we have to talk, listen, we've done so many talks about the Red Sox needing a shortstop. This is an interesting trade cause it's, a, uh, the Kansas City Royals are giving up Alberto Mondesi and a player to be named later for Josh Taylor. And B, neither of these guys can stay healthy. Uh, Josh Taylor didn't play at all last year because of a back injury. Uh, he misses a lot of bats, and he's been a really good reliever uh, in the seasons he's been healthy. But he didn't play in 2020 because of health. He didn't play in 2022 because of health. But the other years, I mean, he has been... Uh, Baseball reference is not a place known for good war value for relievers, but he's been over one win in 2019 and 2021 when healthy. You have him through uh, through 2025, so it's it's a good lefty, big. I mean, you could. I mean, I don't know his pitch pitch mix. I don't know if you could try him as a starter. Six five, two forty five, left handed reliever. Again, with health issues, you probably don't want to, but he's a good reliever. And we talked about Boston would probably have to trade from their pen. Uh, to go out and get someone like would they trade Tanner Houck? Would they trade? I I really wasn't looking at Josh Taylor because he hadn't pitched last year, but it's an interesting arm. I like it for Kansas City who didn't really have a spot for Mondesi. I'm curious what the player to be named later will be. I'm curious if that player to be named later is based on health by either or both players. But it's uh, I think it's a good good move by both teams. Boston traded an interesting volatile asset for an interesting volatile asset 
but went from position of need, uh, from traded from position of depth to position of need. Well, they already said that they're not even sure if Montessi will be ready to start the season on time. Yeah. So it's already off to a good start. Uh, yeah. Well, Montessi is obviously a really good talent. If he can stay healthy, he's a, a nightmare on the bases. He's been an interesting defender. He has grown into some, some, a good bat a little bit, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a, it's a swap of, of we need a shortstop. The Royals didn't need him and they were probably tired of waiting for his health. Although Josh Taylor wasn't healthy either, but they're more willing to figure out if he can help them in the bullpen versus <clears throat> even if, even if Monesty got healthy, they were ready to move on. So I guess it works, but I don't know. The They're Red Sox, still, they still would be interested in add, still adding the shortstop because obviously now they have two shortstops that aren't healthy right now between, I don't know if we're considering Trevor Story shortstop anymore, but they now have two shortstops that aren't healthy. It also saves the Royals $2 million and Monesty was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, so there is that as well with this, that it's, it's money savings and it's a guy who's near the end. And what I like with what the Royals are doing is between Taylor and Mondesi, it's like those guys were going to be free agents at the end of the year. They're getting some assets now that can help them down the road. They're trading guys who, you know, they know they're not going to be good. So let's flip guys. Let's get players and let's see, you know, can, can Taylor and Evan Sizik be the lefty relievers for them for the next, you know, five years, then this is net wins. Uh, there's a report today that they've talked with the White Sox for Nicky Lopez. Again, I love this. This is what uh, credit to JJ Piccolo, who I was not sure in this job, but this is what Dayton Moore was never willing to do. He was never going out there and making these fringe trades. And this is what you have to do. So a lot of credit to the, uh, the management team there. Um, before we go after show, now we're running along. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the double A coaching staff for the Seattle Mariners. The double-A, yeah, the Arkansas Travelers. The uh, fans remember Mike Freeman, the uh, famous utility man from, was that 2019 and 2020? I think he was, I don't know if he was back in 2021, but uh, he is now the manager for the Northwest, or is it just Arkansas? Is it Northwest Arkansas? I think it's just Arkansas. Travelers and their pitching coach, this is going to be extremely obscure for most people, but their pitching coach is Michael Peoples, who was a one-time Cleveland Indians draft pick. I forgot how high he made. He might. He got the triple A. Not he was a Danny Peoples. I really liked Michael Peoples in. Uh, he's in Oklahoma State or no Western Oklahoma State. I really liked him. I saw him in Double A. I thought he had a chance. I legitimately thought he had a, a chance to get to the big leagues because he didn't walk anyone. He was starting to miss some bats. I mean, he was an older guy. I was trying to think when I first saw him it was probably about 2016, and I mean, I guess he wasn't missing enough bats. That was always a thing, but he just he was a really solid pitcher. It was was just, he couldn't strike guys out, but he was an interesting pitch in Japan for a long time, left and went to Yokohama for two, three years. But I really liked him down there. He was a really smart guy, really intelligent and makes sense that now he's a coach. He probably played with, he played with Justin when they were in double A together. So, yeah. So Justin Tooley, the the president of player development for the Mariners is, uh, started the Cleveland to Seattle pipeline. So, uh, you never know. It might not be the last one. Uh, we'll, uh, we got a few more things to get into here that we'll do in the after show. We kind of did some rapid fire stuff. We're going to probably discuss a little bit more about the trade, maybe a little bit more prospect stuff. And uh, I know someone, you know, I appreciate everyone who listens and watches. Um, Sir Gray has <coughs> talked about, we're not talking about the team right now. Uh, the reason we are focused on the prospects is we've covered like every aspect of this team. So in depth, there's not much to talk about until 
we get a little bit closer until we get some more camp invites. Uh, when more players get, we're seeing more teams do non-roster invitees. When that pops up, we will go deep. When we're getting a little bit closer, you know, we'll start thinking about things like uh, lineups. But we're going to do a few more things. We uh, we still have our top prospects list to reveal. We still have going to do our uh, minor league draft where we talk about and compare teams, uh, do a head-to-head draft. We might even do some MLB draft stuff at some time. Uh, maybe I'll give Justin a night off and just uh, sit here and talk to myself because uh, everyone loves that so much. But uh, we'll, we'll have that. But as we get closer to February, February is definitely going to be a switching back to Major League Baseball. And on that note, go, go, Guardians, go.